Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in Cars going to festivals. So people always ask us, how can I do this thing? I'm no good at it. How do I get better at doing it? Joke's on them. We're not good at it either. (laughs) (laughs) Joke's on them. We have a lot of stuff that we need to work on too. We do. And everybody who comes to paganism has things that they need to work on because they look at other people who've been doing it for a while and they're like, man, they're so good. I don't think I could ever do it that well. Yeah. But it turns out that maybe those people don't really know what they're doing either, but they really fake it well. But they do it with style. They do it with style. They fake it with style. (laughs) And that is what we do. (laughs) Yes. We fake it with style. Actually, there is a surprising amount of times in ritual where, like, something has gone wrong and you just have to kind of, like, I don't know, relax into it and let it happen and just catch it when it, like... Catch it on the upside? Yeah. (laughs) When it finally turns itself around and then everyone thinks that you turned it around? Yep. (laughs) But really you just caught it and kind of pushed it (laughs) on its merry way. Or it bounced off your face and fell well and you picked it up and fished it out. Whatever. Yeah, that too. Which is not a literal thing that has happened that I recall, but it sure seems like it sometimes. It could be. It would not surprise me. A lot of people who have been doing this for a long time have learned how to make it look like they know what they're doing, even when they don't actually know what they're doing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people, too. And so what we wanted to talk about is things that we think that we can improve on ourselves, mostly so that we can kind of bounce them off of each other. Yeah. And figure out if there are ways that we can actually improve on what we're doing. Yeah. So, for me, in a lot of cases, I get to go first because this topic was my idea. It was your idea. (laughs) It's a really good topic, (laughs) but... So, for me, the, the thing that is most common with me is that I will get to a place in ritual where... I realize that the person that I'm working with is likely to do the same thing that I thought I would do for my part. This most often happens with raising energy and toning. Because (laughs) very often I'm like, oh, we'll just tone. And then I realize we have more work and we're going to be toning again. And I'm like, oh, well. (laughs) Now I'm going to come up with something different. Or I can punt and I can make the other person come up with something different, but I try not to do that. 
you've done that to me. I have, <laughs> but I try not to do that. <laughs> if I have, it's probably because I didn't realize that that's exactly what you were going to do. <laughs> but if it makes you feel any better, you've done it to me too. <laughs> <laughs> These things, they happen. <laughs> they do. Um, but working on additional ways to do those common energy raising things. So you're looking for like different techniques? Exactly. And methods? Developing different techniques. Developing particularly unique techniques. So first, no one else does what I want to do. And second, I don't step on someone else's toes when they want to do it. I think part of that's hard though because like the the methods that work well in in large rituals Yeah aren't the same as the ones that work well in small and small ritual energy work doesn't often scale up very well. Right. So what you're saying is I need two things. You need two things. You need one for big rituals and one for little rituals. I, I've tried some things that have... And maybe one for outdoor rituals and one for indoor rituals. I, I've tried some things that have flopped in the past. Those are always fun. Like what? Um, oh, probably my favorite one was an early Unity rite where... I had this brilliant idea to try and bring the fire into the, the unity right with the waters and it's like oh well what we'll do is we'll go get some ash from the fire we'll we'll put some ash on everybody's hands because I don't want to put it on foreheads because that's very Ash Wednesday okay um, and we'll have everyone join hands and the problem was I didn't quite I didn't think about how other people would feel about that or really didn't think about how other people would understand it that's really it it, it was a an understanding issue more than anything else because in my head it worked great but it never translated out of my mouth what happened what did you do we brought ash around we put it in their hands oh but you didn't tell people why you were doing it I might have but I don't think I was clear (laughs) enough about it um and so I'm standing up there I'm like oh hey this this is kind of cool and then I'm looking around like like anyone's getting anything out of this so you know the last unity right I led I left the entire southwest region out of my script and then had to stop for a full minute in the middle of the right while I went digging through the ADF website to find the names of the groves that I forgot yep that'll happen <laughs> It was super exciting, and it was for my Lit Practicum 3, like, video review. It was great. Well, you know, you you gotta show people how you fix problems, too. (laughs) I mean, sure, we'll go with that. (laughs) So what about you? I, well, I guess I kind of have two things. We can talk first about my least favorite part of ritual. Let's do that. (laughs) Just the purpose and precedent. I suck at it. I just, I feel like whenever we start, like, we get to that point in the ritual and it's my job and I'm like, uh, it's Samhain and we're here to celebrate it. Yeah. Not inaccurate. So let's do the thing. And I'm like, I totally like blank on what it is we do as pagans. <laughs> when I am put on that particular spot. You may recall <coughs> that I have a script for that. Do you? And I use the script. Why don't I have a script for that? Maybe you've been sleeping through the purpose and precedent every time I've done it. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. The, 
do you normally do it? I guess you do normally do it because I always assign it to you. Yes, I do often do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. So, now that I have my, my ticket, we can find out how much we're going to owe for getting onto the toll booth or the toll road. Um, so, every person precedent I start with. As our ancestors did before us. I put that at the back. So we do now. I put that at the end. And so may our children do in the future. Okay, precedent I have no problem with. Uh -huh. Purpose is where I'm... I see. <laughs> see, now we're getting to the root of things. Would you like to recline your chair a little bit more? We'll <laughs> talk about the things that are... <laughs> no, because precedent I have no purpose with. We don't have to worry about the past. <laughs> precedent you have no purpose with, then. <laughs> <clears throat> it just gets better. Go on. <laughs> and then all I do is I say, we're here to honor deities X, Y, Z. We're going to honor the nature spirits, the ancestors, and the deities in general. This is the feast of... You know what? Maybe it's because I often do the pre-ritual briefing... You feel like and I repeating. feel like I have to say something different because you I've don't. already explained to everyone what we are doing. <laughs> you don't have to say anything different because the neat thing about ritual is that it's cyclical and it repeats anyway. So just flow with the but repetition. But normally it doesn't repeat within five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I've been to lots of rituals and some of them were very repetitious. Like our waters are sometimes very repetitive. We should talk about those. Yes, some other time. Not on this one. No? Okay. <laughs> well, unless that's number that's two. My t that's my second oh, well, one. It's yes, waters. We're talk it's about waters. <laughs> because I think I'm still trying to find what I do for the waters. Yeah. Because I know what you do. Uh -huh. And I can kind of do what you do. Uh -huh. But I don't, it's not what I do. Does that make sense? It does. So I think that piece of improvement for me is still, like, trying to figure out what I want to do for that in a way that makes sense with the way that I envision everything. Yeah. And is also, um, like, spiritually meaningful, but also theatrically meaningful. Yeah. Well... Since we own the same props these days, <laughs> um, it makes it easy to essentially do what I do because I've had those props longer than you. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so there, there's an easy example to follow. Um, when I started doing the waters, I had to write all of my own stuff for the most part. I could steal here and there, and I still borrow language. Well, and it doesn't help that, like, everyone at every festival ever does waters exactly the same as you, or you do them. I've been doing them Yours a while. Has, I'm just saying, your method of doing the return flow has been one of the ones that has permeated the most, yeah. I think. Mine, Ian's, and... Maybe Kirk's. I've never seen Kirk do waters because he always assigns it to you. Well, then we should fix that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's one of the reasons that example tape is useful. <laughs> Why we should record. Let's make one of those. Yeah. More, more of those. Let's make okay. more of those because we've done some. Yes. Our uh, 
variations. Variations on the core order. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we should do that. You can find those on our YouTube page. <laughs> um. But no, like the way that I, like what I'm moving towards is I really like doing, um, having the waters reflected over the fire. Like, I, when I envision the waters, I see them brightening, and so I like having the physical, like, literally you're holding the pitcher over the, f- the flames, and you can see them. Um, so what you need, it sounds like, is a way to translate that into a larger group experience. Yes. Because what you're seeing... Because like, of the position of the waters is not what everyone else is seeing. Right, right. right. But, like, okay. what I see is, like, we, right, so we receive the omen. Yeah. Okay, and then we have, those are, at least the way we do it in our grove, we put those blessings that we've gotten from the omen into the waters. Yeah. And for me, I can see, like, okay, so Jan being spiritual and... Trancy. I can see the omens in the fire. Yeah. And so when I move the pitcher of water over the fire, I can literally see like them going into it. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know how to blah. I don't know how to word that. Or I don't know how to make other people see what I see or feel what I feel when that happens. Okay. I can see that. We can, we so can work on translating that. That is an improvement that. that I am still working on. Well, and it's interesting because that improvement is one that I recommend to a lot of people, which is to see it and say it. So, like, when someone says, I don't know how to open the gates, I say, you see it when you do it and you describe it. <laughs> but, like, I can do that. And that's what I'm... Like, I've done it in some rituals, and yeah. sometimes it works, and sometimes it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you haven't found the words yeah, I haven't, that fit it. I'm doing Theater for Ritual 2 right now. I have not internalized that language. Yes. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the language that I internalized is, you know, all waters are by their very nature sacred. And that has flown the coop. Yes, um, that is totally... Permeated everywhere. I, I hear that all gazebos are by their very all nature sacred. All gazebos are by their very nature sacred. <laughs> Set this gazebo aside that it may for be a time, used in a sacred time. For a time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, um, you just need to find that language that, that sort of fits with that. Which, interestingly, leads me into my second thing. Okay. Which is, I need more prep time for ritual. Like, I need to sit down and write more often and think about blocking and think about the, the pieces. I am good enough at ritual that I can mostly fake it. Just do it? Yeah, I can, I can just do it. I can pretend like I knew what I was doing when I started and that I still knew what I was doing when I ended. Well, I don't always. Um, and it sometimes changes between point A and point B, but I usually look like I'm... See, I think what's interesting about that is you say that you need more prep time. Yeah. And, like, the way that I handle that is I have improv training. Oh, yes. But I feel like that's, like, I rely on that more than I rely on the prep time unless I am scripting a full write. Here's the thing. I rely on that stuff, too, but I don't like relying on it because it contributes to stage fright. It contributes to not always getting where I want to go, 
I, I end up in a good place, but I don't always get where I want to be, where I think I should be when I start. See, I feel like I do better ritual when I rely more on it. When do you write your essays? <laughs> do you write them the night before? Uh, do you I do mean, your best work under pressure? I do. I do do my best work under pressure. I used to think I pressure. did too. <laughs> and I used to write all of my essays the night before. I don't I write them the night before. I write them like the week before. I'm really good at imposing internal deadlines. So when you when you write them the week before, when do you start it? The week before. <laughs> <laughs> That's my point. Uh, <laughs> and, and maybe you are very good at that, and I think you actually probably are. My, I but get, I don't think that I actually am, is, is my point. I don't think that I am actually good at not having that plan in place. For me, I get more, my, I am more relaxed when I have not prepped, because if I, well, when I have not extensively prepped, because if I've written an entire ritual script and know exactly where I want things to go, then I get flustered because I don't have the exact language that I wrote. Um, whereas if I have, if I've thought up, like, bullet points, maybe, then my language is more relaxed when I'm speaking in ritual. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not even bullet-pointing most things. Okay. And, <laughs> you know, I, I am perfectly happy to pray at the drop of a hat as we have experienced in a previous episode, the extemporaneous <laughs> prayer episode. But, and, and that works out really well, but I also know that if I take the time to sit down and pre-work something, mm-hmm. regardless of how much actual pre-work I get, um, the more I have, the better I feel about what I'm doing, and the more likely I am to actually create an experience that is meaningful and expected rather than meaningful and accidental. I, I like some predictability. Not necessarily a lot. I am still an old-school chaos magician, old-school discordian. Okay, times, so what I'm hearing but... is that is that for me, no prep work is bullet-pointing stuff, and for you, no prep work is literally no prep work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally no prep work. Okay. I mean, our druid moon rituals, there is full outline of our Druid Moon rituals. Mm-hmm. Every stick in one of them. And even if I had the time to sit down and read through them a couple of, you know, a couple of days in advance, it would be useful. I mean, that's what I do. I don't even read through them a couple of days in advance. I know what I'm doing, but I don't always get where I want to go. I read them because I'm like, who is this Gaulish deity that I have no idea who they are? There is that. <laughs> That was, that was accidental. They weren't really intended to be... All Gaulish. All Gaulish, but hey, here we are, and hey, that's what we do. And it's so, fine. I, en- I enjoy them, and I find them meaningful, but... That's good. I... The, the fact that the Helene can find the Gaulish stuff meaningful... But I have to refresh my memory, because, like, I work with that deity, with the exception of Nehalenia, once a year. Which is where the purpose and precedent comes in. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something that you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsincars at threecranes.org. If you would like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids in Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. 
Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org and more about Druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.